0: I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh, yeah, it's business time. Yeah. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM
1: 1220 KDOW. Welcome back into the show. I'm your host today, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Don't forget, Rob Black and I will be together July 30th. Las Gadas, TOLSO, Building a Retirement Portfolio at Last will be the topic. Sign up now before it fills up at robblack.com or chadburton.com. Joining me right now is Dr. Jeffrey Rosen from Briefing.com, Chief Economist at Briefing.com. Dr. Rosen, how are you?
2: Oh, pretty good. How about yourself?
1: Oh, good, good. In terms of economic news out, we've got existing home sales. Why don't we start by uh, talking about that?
2: Well, the headline was really nice. I mean, it was the most new home sale, or sorry, existing home sales in, I want to say, since 2007 or 2008. Uh, Real good number. You know, it's something that was very impressive, something that was uh, better than we anticipated. The question is, you know, are these sales legitimate? Meaning, are is is this a move up in demand or is this a you know one-time event? And I'm more cautious than than maybe some others. And I think the uh, the Realtors Association, which is normally a very you know gung ho. Uh, Homer type reports, you know basically saying that everything's great in the existing home sales department, even as the market's collapsing around themselves, but you know they acknowledge that the idea that raising more that rising mortgage rates in the near future may be pulling in some buyers uh and if that's the case, then sales that we would have expected to occur maybe in September or October are coming in a little early, which means that this run up in good sales numbers these you know. Eight-year, uh, you know, impressive levels uh, or historic highs are just a temporary blip, and you're going to get a big pullback in the few months as the buyers that would have come in, you know, later in the year are just not there.
1: I think you're starting to get a lot of people that that are kind of like, oh, I got to get in now before the prices go up even farther. Um, even more so than the interest rate fear, the interest rate increases. I mean, we got you know companies like Pimco riding. You know, kind of going for the uh, lower for longer when it comes to interest rates. But I'm hearing with, you know, we have an office in Vancouver, Washington, right across the bridge, right across the river from Portland, Oregon, and the bidding wars that are going on there, even in the Northwest versus the Bay Area, which has kind of been that way for a while. It seems to be the panic buyer. Like, I I think it, I I kind of agree, be cautious, seems to be pulling in people that were going to buy a little bit later. They got to get in now.
2: You know, and that remark would actually be what the Fed uh, believes too. You know, I, if you look at uh, some new research by the New York Fed, they were looking at uh, interest rate sensitivities. They were specifically wanting to see how, you know, the raising of interest rates, mortgage rates, in this respect, is going to change home buying demand. And they found that, you know, really, there's not much shift in demand due to interest rates, and the real big factor is the shift in um, the down payment. So uh, the existing home sales report that came out today stated that uh, the median home price rose 6.5% and is now higher than they were during the peak of the housing bubble in July 2006. So if you know, affordability conditions are measured by you know the amount of money that you have to put on as a down payment. And that's what the the New York Fed is implying in their research. then these recent run ups in prices you know are definitely going to constrain buying activity so if people believe that prices are going to continue going up, which is what happened during the housing bubble, and they want to own a home, you know it's not a matter of. You know, rates going up from, you know, I think the the average rate was 395 or 3.98% in June to, let's say, 4.5% or 5% in the coming months. Uh, you know, it's the fact that they're going to need to pay 20% down on that house, and they just don't have the savings to meet that. So no matter what the interest rate is, they can't buy the house anyways because they don't have the ability to get a loan. So... Mm-hmm. You know the the rise in prices, you know, will have that effect.
1: And we are coming off that period where people that, when they did have to, maybe walk away from a home, short sale a home, uh, you know, three or four years ago, where they're able to qualify now. Um, so we're kind of going through that rotation of people that had to step back, rent for a while. They still had income, they just didn't have enough income to pay that mortgage. We are seeing zero to five percent type down payment loans, but the credit required to get in there or the income, it's, it's a little bit more real now versus where it was bubbleistic when you could fog a mirror and buy a house.
2: Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I don't know how much, I mean, it takes a little bit longer for if people would declare bankruptcy when they left their loans, when they left their home, sorry, uh, they they're still not going to have the ability to get loans based on their credit conditions, but. You know, for others, I mean, realistically, if you were expecting to buy a house at $200,000 and you had saved over the last couple of years, you know, 20% and you saved 40000 and all of a sudden prices rose to $240,000 and now you need an extra, you know, eight grand to pay for it, uh, you're not going to be able to do it. So uh, yep. it's one of those things where, you know, if you... Believe that prices are going to keep going up, and that that's a big if. I, I don't know if I would believe that prices are going to continue rising at the pace that they've been doing over the last, you know, two years. Uh, but that's going to make it difficult to buy a home, you know, especially the way credit is today. You know, <clears throat> you're not going to be able to buy by having a breath, by having a heartbeat, like you did in 2006. And I don't think you'll ever see that again.
1: Right. I mean, in terms of housing, it goes along with the wage inflation in the long term in a certain area, right? I mean, because people have to have wages to be able to afford the mortgage and the down payment. It's not the housing price. It's like you said, the mortgage and the down payment. So prices are going to get tied again to wage inflation. Don't you agree?
2: Well, yeah, except that, you know, if you look at the Hamptons, for example, and this is a very, you know, extreme situation. But they literally bus in all the workers because the people that live there can't afford to, you know, or well, the people that that work there that, that tend the homes can't afford to live there. So what you end up having is is bigger sprawl. So in areas like uh, like the Bay Area where you're constrained on sprawl by a coast, you know, situation, it, it's a little bit different. But if you're like in Texas. Uh, You can move, you know, 100 miles away from where you're working and just drive in. So we'll see how that goes. And prices don't necessarily have to reflect income levels where they're at. They just have to reflect the general sense in terms of, you know, scarcity of land.
1: All right, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about two things. Lower for longer, Wells Fargo, PIMCO, they were talking about that. Uh, central banks around the world keeping rates low, you know, we looked at what quantitative easing did in terms of capital assets here in the U.S. and it bolstered it up quite a bit, QE123, Operation Twist. The ECB is trying to get started with their quantitative easing. Is there assets to actually buy there? Do they have inventory? Will they be able to make quantitative easing in the Eurozone work like it did here
2: in the U.S.? Well, I mean, it depends on, you know, if Europe is going to be able to, you know, do some kind of, you know, fiscal move where they have to, you know, add more, you know, so that there is something for the banks to buy. Uh, if there's no, you know, uh, government debt, you know, what's the ECB going to do? But you know, I don't think that's really a concern, given you know the size of the market. Even if the ECB moves, I, I don't see there'll be liquidity constraints like that.
1: All right. Are you feeling we're going to see a rate hike here in the U.S. from the Federal Reserve at all this year? And if so, can the economy handle it?
2: Well, you know, this is the way it is. I look at the economic numbers, the unemployment numbers and the inflation numbers, and in my eyes it says rates shouldn't be hiked until 2016. But you listen to what the Fed's doing, and you can almost be guaranteed that a rate hike is coming sooner than later. You know, and what I have a feeling is, and this is kind of what you were alluding to with the Wells Fargo reports, you know, the Fed's going to raise rates. So let's say they may, they move in September, and I think that's a a good uh, plausible estimate. And most economists that I've talked to believe September's a good move. So if they move in September, I think they're going to wait on another rate hike until 2016. You know, it's going kind to of be the, this really you know move, wait, 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 move, wait, 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 compared to what we normally see during a tightening cycle, which is you know move 25 basis points basically at every meeting. Uh, I think that it, they're going to be very patient, and I think that's going to keep long term rates since long term rates are a average of short term rates over the the you know ten year five year period or expected uh, rates over those that time period. so you know if you move rates and then hold and wait and the market believes that you're not going to have as much move on the long end of the curve, so you'll flatten everything out near term rates will go up. But it won't have as much of an effect on long-term investments like mortgages, for example, which will keep economic growth trends relatively stable during a rate hike uh, trend.
1: Now, I think we've had. I mean, so we're, we'll flatten the curve a little bit in terms of the yield curve. Long, you know, the the, the, the issue is there's is always an inverted yield curve.